always serving a fresh cup of daily inspiration, Deanna Hobbs. Today's inspiration is to let you know you will overcome it. Welcome to your daily cup of inspiration podcast. My name is Deanna Hobbs. I'm founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, a not-for-profit 501c3 organization that distributes free resources online worldwide to build your faith and to help you be all God has called you and destined you to be. What an absolute delight, joy, privilege, and pleasure it is for me to have you here. Welcome back. If it's your first time, I'm so glad you are here. These podcasts that you hear, they are available as a free resource just for you. You can stream them or download them on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher.com, DeannaHobbs.com, on YouTube.com under Deanna Hobbs. If you just click that red subscribe button, every single time a new podcast is uploaded, if you turn on your notifications, you'll be notified and it's really convenient for you. So I want you to be strengthened in your faith. However, I can sow into your spirit. I'm honored to do so. Before we get started, I just want to say a quick prayer. God, thank you for the person listening today because you sent them here. And I know that you have a word for us. It's seasoned just for us, tailor-made just for us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we pulled up to the large house, I couldn't help thinking about what great condition this wooden piece of furniture somebody had set outdoors was in. Why would anyone throw that out? I wondered, gazing out of the window of our family's beat up 15 passenger van. My brothers hoisted it up and put it in the van and that trash had instantly become our treasure. That happened when I was a young girl and often my dad, Bishop Joseph Brinson Sr., would drive us around wealthier neighborhoods and we would collect the discarded treasures. As a large family, there were many things others took for granted that we couldn't afford. We were accustomed to shopping at thrift stores, garage sales, and when possible, curbside hunting. And I remember how amazed I was by what rich people would chuck out. I mean, in my eyes, this stuff was not just perfectly usable, but nearly flawless. And when we would do curbside hunting, my brothers would hop out of our van and quickly scoop up attractive finds. Daddy had an eagle eye for the good stuff. So no matter how impressed I was by what we managed to pick up, as a youngster with way too much pride and no money, I had the nerve to feel embarrassed. I hope nobody was seeing us gawking at their trash piles and I would slink down in my seat and hide as a precaution. I had convinced myself that my reputation, whatever that was, would be forever ruined if a schoolmate caught our family in the act. That was years ago, but I still remember it so vividly. Today, I'm actually thankful for those times. They humbled me. They taught me to value what I have, no matter how big or small it is. A little while ago, I was part of a curbside hunting experience, very similar to what I remember from childhood, but there was one thing different, and I'll tell you what I'm talking about. When our neighborhood's bulk trash removal day rolled around, my husband Kenya and I put out some things we were no longer needing. Although our family often donates our used items, we get rid of things we think are in not so great condition because 
I am always mindful to give away to the thrift store the most pristine and desirable items because of my humble upbringing. I just remember the joy I felt growing up when I'd find something beautiful from someone with expensive taste hanging on a thrift store rack. I still smile about all the memorable moments when, with jubilation, my siblings and I, as well as my parents, we'd celebrate finding would-be expensive items at a local consignment shop. We were elated to find this high quality stuff for pennies on the dollar. So anyway, back to this early evening when I came out of the house to add something to the trash pile for the next day's big trash pickup. Before I got back inside, I noticed this family. They were parked right in front of our yard and they were all inside of a light blue pickup truck. Now, at first, I wasn't sure what was going on or why they were just sitting there for a moment. But then one of the little boys who appeared to be oh around nine or ten, he walked up our driveway. He picked up what I had just put down and at least three other things we tossed out. And quickly he handed them off to another sibling who loaded them onto the truck. And just like that, they were on their way. I had such a good feeling in that space of time, though I myself would not consider myself rich. Our family is blessed. And when I got back inside our home, I thanked God that this family saw something they could use in our trash. It was such a gratifying feeling to be able to help someone, even if inadvertently, I didn't know someone could use those things. And as you might imagine, it made me think back on my years growing up, scanning neighborhoods for treasures that some of the residents thought were trash. As a little girl, I always knew I wanted to do, be, and have more. I knew that. I loved the Lord and wanted to win souls for Christ and have an impact. I wanted to be stable and able to make sure my family was taken care of. I wanted to be blessed and be a blessing to others. But for years, even after I got married, my husband and I struggled financially. Many times, it looked like we would never get out of that cycle of lack. It's been quite the journey. Many days, we didn't know how God would bring us out, but he took care of us. And even at our lowest points, when we couldn't pay our bills, when we got shut off notices and termination notices from work, he was right there. God was there through all of it. And I believe some of those trials I went through were for you. So I could tell you, life won't always be perfect. But God will always be right there to take care of you, to sustain you and make sure you survive the struggle. In some seasons, the sun will shine and in others, the storm will rage just the way it did in Acts 27 when a tempest ravaged the ship the Apostle Paul was in. Those aboard this ship, 276 in total, the Bible says, they thought they were all going to die in this violent storm. But Paul explained to them in verse 23 that this angel of the Lord assured him that all the passengers would survive this terrifying, tempestuous storm. Some of them had to hold on for dear life to planks or lie on top of other broken pieces of the ship. But no matter how they got there, though it wasn't easy, Everyone reached land safely. Just as Paul said, according to the word of the Lord, they arrived on the island of Malta. Once there, the islanders were kind to Paul and the others. The biblical account says it was cold and they made a fire to warm the weary travelers who were shivering in the cold and rain. 
Acts 28.3 says, Paul gathered up a pile of brushwood. He was helping to get that fire going and he threw it in the fire. And when he did, there was this viper that was driven out by the heat that latched onto Paul's hand and he got bit by a snake and not just any old snake, a poisonous snake. Now, he had already been through so much. He survived the storm. It would seem only fair that Paul would enter into a season of rest. Amen. Have you ever been through so much that you feel like you deserve a break? If so, trust me, I know what you mean, but life doesn't always give us a break. But here's the good news. If you trust God, he won't let life break you. Despite the odds that are stacked against you, he's always working in your favor. Well, after Paul was bitten, the islanders thought he would die. And so in their minds, seeing that snake dangling from Paul's hand was like a bad omen. Suddenly, they looked at him through eyes of disdain. They were convinced that Paul was a murderer and this snake bite was a curse from the goddess of justice. I mean, they were way off. Things, though, appeared to be going from bad to worse. And why did God allow this to happen to Paul? He was already a prisoner, already being unfairly prosecuted, already suffered through weeks on the stormy seas, only to arrive safely on an island to be poisoned by a snake. Really? But God wasn't done. The Bible says in Acts 28, 5, that Paul simply shook that snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. No ill effects. Wow. He had no symptoms. Spectators expected that Paul was going to swell up or suddenly fall over dead, which really he should have. He had been bitten by a viper. But those expectations were never met. After waiting a long time for the worst and seeing nothing negative occurring, the islanders changed their minds and said, Paul was a god. Though Paul wasn't a god, he did serve the only true and living God who's able to do anything. And so do you and I. There are some things you're going through right now. You don't understand why, right? It feels like a cycle of one terrible thing after another. And in your heart, you wish life could be somehow sweeter, easier, smoother. But God allowed the storm to show you that what should, in the estimation of man at least, permanently depress you, defeat you, and ultimately destroy you won't have that effect. By God's grace, he is empowering you to shake some things off. You're going to shake off defeat, discouragement, failure, persecution, depression, lack, sickness, and disease. You're going to shake off those burdens you've been carrying. This cycle isn't forever. You're going to get to the other side. What has temporarily fastened itself to you, the way that serpent did to Paul's hand, isn't fatal nor is it final. God has fortified you, anointed you, and ordained that you overcome. Don't you know you will overcome this? No matter what it is. According to onlookers, just as they thought with Paul, they think you won't be able to shake this trial. With all you're facing, you should have lost your mind by now. You should have given up already. You should be dead and gone. You ought to be bitter and full of unforgiveness. You shouldn't be able to shake this off, but you will overcome. How? By the power of God. Don't you get to discouraged? Don't you give into frustration? Nope. You are going to look back on this in amazement and say like the song, my soul looks back and wonders how I got over. One of my favorite scriptures, which I quote frequently, is found in Isaiah 43 too. It just so happens to be perfect for this encouragement today. So I'm going to go ahead and stir up the NIV version of it into your cup of inspiration. And here's what it says. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass 
pass through the rivers. They will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. As you drink down the contents of your cup, God is assuring you that this story will not end in defeat. He will bring you out. God has got a plan for you and what the devil meant for evil is turning around for your good. So you're not going to be stuck in this cycle forever. God won't let the storm or the serpent, which in this case is the adversary, Satan, destroy you. You will overcome. Now let's pray. God, I thank you for this, my sister, this, my brother. You are speaking into their lives today. And letting them know that they are an overcomer through you, even in the storm, oh God. Let them know you are with them, holding them through it and working in their favor, even in the midst of it. I pray today that they would not grow weary, but instead cling to their faith that by your power and your grace, they will overcome. We claim and proclaim victory right now and thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast has been brought to you by Empower. Powering Everyday Women Ministries, where we help fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to www.deannahobbs.com. 